0: You know, all of us in our life have desires to live a better life. Isn't that right? All of us have a desire to do better, to be better. I mean, if you're a Christ follower, even if you're not a Christ follower today, there's something that's driving us. We want to have a happier life, a better life, more money, better job, better relationships, better family, better house. There's something we wanted. We want better with our life. We do. Uh, how many of you at the beginning of this year made it a goal that you were going to lose weight? Anybody here today? Beginning of the year? Come on, just be be honest, be like me. All right, all right, all right. We had we made a goal beginning of the year. All right, bunch of you. How many of you at the beginning of the year made a goal that you were going to change one thing, or how about ten things in your life? <laughs> How about he just come on, be honest, all right. So, a bunch of us. We made a goal at the beginning of the year. We're going to do something in our life different, right? We, we have good intentions. We have a desire to be better. Now, I don't know, know about you, but at the beginning of this year, I wanted to lose a certain amount of weight. I actually wrote the number down. I wanted to use, lose 11 pounds, 11 pounds. The third day into my goal, went to a birthday party, and somebody handed me a piece of chocolate cake. <laughs> come on, right? You have a good intention, but to go from the good intention to the action, boy, that's a long, long journey. This is actually how it works in my life. I I have good intentions in a lot of areas. And there are some things that I do well. There are some things that I've worked as disciplines in my life. But when there's an area that I want to change, that I want to do better in so that I can have a better outcome and a better result and a better life, I have a battle. I have a huge battle. I want you to to see the picture of my personal battle. Put that picture up. This is my battle right here. Anybody know what that battle is? Come on. That's the bed. That's called my pillow. I fight against this boy. I wrestle him. This morning I had a terrible dream with my head on that pillow. That's a battle. It's actually not the pillow, is it? It's actually not the pillow. It's something internal inside of me that that I know to do good. I know to do something different. But I have this wrestle. I have this struggle. And in order for me to go from being a person of good intention to being a person of action, I have to get up and do something. I actually have to walk. So this is me taking a little walk. This This is the journey here. This is the journey. Now, I stumbled out of bed. I pulled my head off that pillow. Now, I made it all the way down. We live on the, our bedroom's on the third floor. I made it down to the first floor. I had myself set up. I got my little chain there, my little key, and got my little towel, and I'm walking across the bridge because I'm heading to this place right here. I'm heading to this place. I'm heading, this is called what? The gym. I made it there. Now, I've been pretty intentional recently, and I've been working at it real disciplined, and and I got to tell you, it takes, this particular Friday, was a Friday when I got there. I didn't want to be there. I was still thinking about the pillow. But I made an intentional decision. And over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about intentional living. Moving from from good intentions to intentional living. This week, we're talking about the walk with God. Next week, we're going to be talking about our time being intentional with the Word of God then we're going to be talking about being intentional with the resources and the monies and the stuff that God has given us. And then September 1st, Dr. Joel Hunter is going to be with us. And he's going to talk about being intentional in our witness. You know, this concept, you can actually Google it. No, don't Google it right now don't google it just wait till after church but you can you can google this term intentional living it's a very very popular term in common culture intentional living actually means any lifestyle based on an individual group's conscious attempts to live according to their values or beliefs a conscious attempt to live according to our values or beliefs in 1990 mcdonalds had did what they call they did survey-based marketing. I don't know how many surveys they did, but they did surveys across America. And what they found is that people said if that McDonald's produced a healthy burger, they would eat it. So they put all their geniuses and all their marketing and their creative people together, and they came up with a, with a campaign. And, and as a matter of fact, it was a huge campaign. They developed a burger called McLean. Anybody remember McLean? No, I don't remember McLean. No. <laughs> They developed a burger called McLean. They spent $150 million to make a burger that had 91% less fat, held together by seaweed. And if you ate it, you'd have a McLean body. But McLean, within two years, went from McLean to McFlub. It was one of the biggest marketing failures in U.S. history. You know why it didn't work? You know it didn't work? Because they took surveys. What they didn't do is actually follow people's behavior. Because the reality was when they put the McLean on the menu, people walked in and said, "Ah, I'm coming here today because this is Mickey D's, and I don't really want a McLean. I want a McDonald's quarter pounder with cheese. Or I want a Big Mac with special sauce and lettuce and pickles and an extra bun. And load up on them carbs. Right? There's a gap. They actually call it the action gap in marketing. There's an action gap from people. They do surveys and what do people want. And that the reality of their behavior. The reality of their behavior. To be intentional. To be intentional with our walk with God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture. One in the old. We're going to look at the very, very beginning, Genesis chapter 5. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 5, verse 21 through 24. And then you can flip over to the New Testament. and Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to read verses 1 and verses 5 and 6. Will you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word today? Genesis chapter 5, beginning with verse number 21. It's up here on the screen here. And up on the screen for you there, if you have your Bibles, Genesis 5, verse number 21. And the Bible says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. And altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Everyone say, that's a long time. And Enoch walked. Everyone say walked. He walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Now, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1. We're going to read verse 1, 5, and 6. Now, faith is the substance. Substance, the realization. Something in the human spirit, the understanding of things hoped for and the evidence, the evidence, the conviction, the strong conviction of things not seen. Verse number five. By faith. Everyone say by faith. Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, this good reputation, that he pleased God. Verse number six, this is how we please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you're going to please God, you must know that he's a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God was the original intentional designer. And he created you and I for a good work and a good purpose today. And today we have a choice to walk with him. This morning I'm going to talk to you on this idea, a walk of faith that pleases God. A walk of faith that pleases God. Let's pray. Father, in these next few moments, every heart, every eye, every leg, every arm, every mind, we've already sung it, we've declared it. God, we want to surrender it all to you. I pray today, Lord, we worship you in spirit. We felt it so real. Lord, in our time of worship this morning, I pray that through the word, it's the word of God that's proclaimed boldly, that transforms our heart and gives us the capacity to walk out of here, change people. We love you, Jesus. Bless everyone that's here. Bless the words that I speak. Let them bring glory to you in your wonderful name. Amen. You may be seated. Intentional living. Living intentional with God. Enoch is an interesting man. The Bible says that he was the seventh from Adam. It was a long time ago, thousands of years ago. Enoch was born in a generation at the very beginning of human history. But this is what we know about, this is what we know about human history according to the Scriptures. The Bible says, and Adam and Eve sinned. Born in a perfect place, created, I shouldn't say born. They were created in a perfect environment, uh, made in the image of God, given dominion over all the plants and all the oceans and all the fishes and all the animals. They were called to multiply, to produce, to live a blessed life, to live a good life, and take dominion, to take dominion, to make their world a different place. They were created for a good work, and the Bible says they said, They chose to live according to their own feelings, their own emotions, their own dictates, their own desires. They they chose, for whatever reason, inside of them, they had the capacity to reject God, to rebel from God, and to walk their own path. And the moment they did that, death came into the world. The moment they did that, sin came into the world. The moment they did that, they set themselves and future generations on a trajectory of death. Their son. Their son, who they produced through intimacy, his name was Cain, killed his brother. Killed his brother. And from that day, human history was a wreck. And by the time that Enoch was born, it was unusual for people. It wasn't that many years. It wasn't that many years from the time of Adam to the time of Enoch. As a matter of fact, Adam was still alive when Enoch was born. But it was a wicked generation. The Bible says that Enoch was an unusual man because Enoch chose to walk by faith. He chose to walk by faith. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Enoch. By faith. Faith, this concept, this understanding, this internal belief, this desire, this strong conviction that God exists and is a rewarder even though we can't see him. That's what faith is. Faith believes. Faith simply just believes. I've never seen electricity. Isn't that right? Have you ever actually seen electricity? It's invisible. But you believe in electricity. You believe. I remember the first time that I discovered electricity was real. I was three years of age. And I took a knife from the kitchen. And you know where I stuck it. I stuck it in places that no knife should ever go. And there was a spark. I believe in electricity. You believe in electricity today. You've never seen it, but you believe. I believe. I have a conviction, a confidence that God is real, and he is a rewarder. Enoch believed God. Enoch was a man of faith. You know what I find fascinating about Enoch? Enoch made a choice, an intentional choice to serve God at a very distinct time in his life. You know what it was? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 5, verse 22, after he became the father of Methuselah. After. He lived for 65 years. In other words, 65 years of the journey on this life that he'd lived, we have no record of, well, he's a Godfather. Somehow he knew about God, but something happened. Something happened at the age of 65 that transformed the way that he thought about life it's happened to a lot of us a lot of you're a young person you feel invincible you're out there just living life giving really no thought of how you're going to live or your future and all of a sudden something happens it happened to me you know you you're a parent today and you remember when that child was born you're a mom and the child came out of your birth canal and, and and especially your very first one you've never had this kind of feeling or emotion it's a a love that you didn't even know existed. You've heard people talk about it, but they couldn't adequately describe it. But because something deep inside of you, there is a love that is incompre, incomprehensible. It's it's almost unspeakable, but it's deep. You, it's always like they say, it's better felt than tell. But when you hold that child. When you're a dad and you you see that child come out of your wife's stomach, you see her, you see the child being born. There something happens to you. There's a sense of responsibility. There's a sense, hey, I, I'm a dad now. I, I've made some maybe not some good choices in in the past, but I, I better do some things differently if I'm going to want this child to have a better life that I'm going to have. And Enoch made that choice. He made an intentional de- decision to follow God. And the moment the Bible says that we make an intentional decision to follow him, we become his child. An intentional decision. That decision was so, so striking in his life. It was so compelling in his life. That when people looked at him, they said, there's a man of faith. There's a man of good reputation." Good reputation. He has a good testimony. There's something different about this person. There's something different about this individual. Enoch was known as a man who followed God. Enoch was known as a man who walked with God. That was his reputation. What's your reputation today? What's your reputation? What do people know you for? What do people know you for? What do they know you for? What do they know you for? What do they know you for? Uh, In my neighborhood, people know that I'm a walker. I am a walker. Uh, I I, I was kind of curious because on December 25th, I got, you know what this is called right here? What is this called? It's called the Fitbit. I've been wearing it since December 25th, except for about one week when the band broke and I was waiting to get a new band. But I've been wearing it from December 25th, 2017 until today. And so yesterday I jumped online and I thought, I wonder how many steps I've actually taken. Because I have a goal. I'm going to walk 12,000 steps a day. And and so I was uh, just kind of curious. They actually track. Actually, there's this little metric meter thing in there. And I went on there yesterday. And so this last week, my average one-week average was 13,678. Yesterday morning when I checked this, I had 10,346 to beat the goal for the day. And since December 26th, 2017. I've walked seven five million seven hundred and seventy-two thousand nine hundred and twenty-five steps. Someone said that's a lot of steps. Now I didn't do that all one day. I'd probably do the moon and back or something. I don't know, man. I always, that's a lot of steps. I'm a walker. What's our reputation today? Enoch's reputation was that he was a man of faith. The Bible says that a good name is to be more desired than great wealth. And God's favor is better than silver or gold. You see, when you make that intentional decision, when you make that choice to walk with God, it doesn't just affect your life. It also affects future generations. See, Enoch had a son whose name was Methuselah. Methuselah would go on to live a life And he would live longer than anyone else On planet earth If you were a junior Bible quizzer You learned this question It's question number 17 for 10 points How long did Methuselah live? Methuselah lived 969 years I want you to see something. Enoch walked with God, and Methuselah walked with God, and because Methuselah walked with God, his son walked with God, Limech, and because Limech walked with God, a man by the Noah was, was born, and Noah walked with God, and Noah stood in his generation as a man of faith. The Bible says by faith Noah believed, and because Noah believed, him and his family were spared the judgment to come. See, not only did it change him. I'm not quite ready for that slide. You can take that one down. Noah made a decision to walk with God. He made a decision to walk with the Lord. And because he walked with God, it changed his life and generations to come. You know how this happened? Because as he was walking through this journey of life, he made a decision by faith to keep close fellowship with God. He made A decision to keep close fellowship with God. Look at Genesis 5, verse number 22. Genesis 5, verse 22. After he became the father, something happened. New person. Transformation. New way of thinking. New life. As a Christ follower today in the year 2018, the moment we say yes to Christ, the moment we say yes to him, we, we make that choice to live a life that's pleasing to God. We become his child. We have a transformation experience. And the Bible says Enoch walked faithfully with God for 300 years. His faith was sincere. He had a genuine faith, he had a real faith. It wasn't a phony faith, it wasn't a Sunday morning, get your shout on, have a Holy Ghost moment of faith. It was when he showed up on Monday. And he had the battle with the pillow. He made a decision that he was going to walk with God. It was sincere. He knew that no matter what happened, the challenges, the difficulties, the trials, the tribulations, the troubles that he would face. And let me tell you, his generation was as wicked as any generation that's ever lived. God would just, years after, while he was still alive, as a matter of fact, the day or the week that, that Enoch died. The day that he died, his sons and his line began to preach. And for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, there was no hope Till a man by the name of Noah began to preach. And for 120 years, Noah warned the generation that he lived in. It was so wicked. It was so perverse. It was so evil. But This man faithfully chose. He was sincere. He was true blue. People around him knew that something was different about his life. Amos 3.3 3 says it like this. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? To walk with God means you're walking in the direction that God has for your life. You're, you, no matter the battle, the struggle, the wrestle, the failures, the faults, the, the, the times that you, you struggle through this life, you get back up, and you keep following that direction that God, that's placed before you. That's called faithfulness. He was sincere in his faith with God. He believed that God was a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. His life was sacrificial. I thought about this. He, I mean, he'd served God for 300 years, he served God for 300 years. I mean, I've been in the way for 33 years, and I think that's a, a long time. Multiply that by 10. 300 years he said no to his flesh. 300 years he said no to the corrupt generation that he lived in. 300 years he went against the tide of culture and popular opinion and the thoughts of the New York Times and the Washington Post. 300 years he stood in a generation that rejected God. 300 years he sacrificed his flesh and said yes to the Spirit of God to fulfill God's purpose and destiny for his life. Micah says it like this. He has shown you, O man of God, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. To do what is right. To be kind and compassionate. And acknowledge your total dependency on God. Eugene Peterson, in a book entitled The Long Obedience in the Same Direction, said it's not difficult in such a world to get a person interested in the message of the gospel. It is terrifically difficult to sustain that interest. He walked with God. He walked with God for 300 years because he had a seeking faith. His walk with God was a seeking walk with God. In this time, in this generation that you and I live, we must believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Them that keep showing up. Them that keep acting right. Them that keep showing kindness and love to people that don't deserve kindness and love. To them that keep doing what God has created and called them to do. He walked humbly with God. God he sought after, a God that he couldn't see, but a God that he believed. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul says it like this When we're walking, when we're seeking after God, then you will walk, you will live and walk and always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Paul, Enoch walked in fellowship with God. He knew God better and better and better and better. As a matter of fact, something unusual happened in his life. He walked with God so faithfully and so closely. The Bible says that God poured out a supernatural favor on him that only one other person has ever experienced. God poured out a supernatural blessing on him that no one, no one up to this point in human history has ever experienced Bible says that he never tasted death. The writer of Hebrews tells us that it is appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment we are, are created. Our our actual, our, our natural man is perishing. Our spiritual man is being renewed. Our spiritual man is being made alive in God. But Enoch walked for 300 years with God. And because of such close fellowship, the Bible says that Enoch was taken away so that he never Tasted death. Can you imagine? Man, can you imagine, a, you know, Harry living next to Enoch over here or Enosh or whatever their name, the names that they were had back then, Lamish or whoever it was, living next to him one day. Hey, where's Enoch? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen him. I mean, the guy just literally disappeared. It was like a Star Trek scene. Beam me up, Scotty. He was transformed on the inside. And because he walked so closely in that inner transformation, he was translated to be with God forever and ever. He was walking one moment on the dusty grounds in the Middle East along a road and a pathway of life. And the next moment, he walked from that dusty road right onto to heaven's streets of gold. Come on. He was transformed. He had the favor of God. He never tasted death. And let me tell you today, that same reality, that same radical favor, it's for every single person who's a Christ follower in this room today. Hear me today. Hear me today. I'm a pastor. I have done many funerals. I had a pastor friend the other day. said, hey, I'm looking for some new funeral messages. People say, Pastor Eugene, you're like the best funeral guy out there. I'm like, thanks. That's a great, great calling on my life. I do, I mean, I, I just, I feel for families, I understand it, I walked through with my parents, and so many, so many sad things in my world, but, but uh, so I sent them, I went, pulled up all these funerals that I've done, it was a lot, I mean, a lot, I'm like, whoo, that's a, that's a lot of funerals, Mary and Martha, they had a brother by the name of Lazarus, and you know the story, if you've been around church, you know the story. If you don't know the story, I'll just tell you quickly. They had a brother. Jesus, they were close to Jesus. They loved Jesus. They, Jesus was like their closest friend. And Jesus shows up after he dies. They call for Jesus to come to do this miracle and to raise him. He was sick, but it doesn't happen that way. Because life doesn't always happen the way that we want it. Because God is doing something greater in our life. Because God is doing something greater in our life. It can be really, really bad what's taking place in your life right now. But know this today. Know this. I believe this with all of my heart. I believe this with everything within me. I'm not just a preacher up here this morning. I believe that no matter how bad it looks, no matter how bad it seems, let me tell you today, God is working for my good, my good, and ultimately for his glory. Someone said amen. Lazarus dies, Jesus shows up he starts a conversation with Martha. Look at this conversation. Look Look what he says to her. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Everyone say never. Never. Everyone say never. Never. How long is never? Never. It's never, never, never. It's a long time. It's forever. Never die. That's the most amazing grace, the most amazing revelation of the favor of God. God's promise to you and I is that we are going to live forever. Uh, Sometimes we just need to hear the hope of the second coming. Because, I mean, if you look at the world that we're in, it's so schizophrenic. and There's so much hatred and vitriol. You, You can't turn on the news without just hearing. I mean, it just seems so bad. I know it can't be that bad out there. There's just this heightened sense of irritation and agitation and vitriol and people angry at one another, division and just gets seems like it's just spiraling out of control. I mean, not just over there; it's right in our own nation. Why don't you hear the promise to the believer today? Paul told the church at Thessalonica, "For the Lord Himself would descend." from heaven with the cry of a command with the voice of the archangel with the sound of the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first now come on, look at verse number 17 then we who are alive, who are left will be caught up, everyone say caught up we will be taken up like Enoch, we will meet them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will be with him always wow favor spend eternity with God but the gospel isn't just for the not yet it's for not just for the already it's for the right now now by faith Enoch walked with God Enoch walked with God wow he had an incredible incredible testimony he had a great reputation was, there's something about his life that was so different, he was taken up to be with the Lord without tasting death, it's hard for me to comprehend that, but I believe it today, I believe someday the trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise, And we which are alive and remaining shall join and meet them in the air. And the King of kings and the Lord of lords will be riding on a white horse. And we will join with the choirs of heaven. And we will sing glory to our God. Glory to our King. Oh, there's a day. There's a coming day. We don't hear it enough. We don't hear it enough. But there's a great warning. Many of you have received this today. But there's a great warning to those who reject this reality today. Because I want you to see the last thing about Enoch's life. It's found in the book of Jude. In the book of Jude, the Bible says Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied. Everyone say prophesied. It just simply means to tell other people, to declare forth what God has said. I mean, this is 6,000 years ago, guys. 6,000 years ago to his generation. The seventh from Adam. Wicked generation. He said, see, the Lord is coming. A promise of the return of Jesus. The Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone, to convict them of all their ungodly acts. Sin is serious. Sin is serious. Dealing with sin in our life, getting clean before God, it's a real deal. The Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is here to transform us, to change us. We no longer have to be conformed to the ways of this world. We no longer have to be enslaved to the power of darkness and the things that keep us us tripped up and trapped us. There is seriousness about sin. He's come to judge everyone of all their ungodly acts. They've committed in all their ungodliness and all their defiant words. The words that we speak... They're serious. Serious ramifications. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Sinners have spoken against God. There's a world that rails against God. There's a world, man. I, 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 I'm amazed at times what I hear people say. But it's because they've never encountered that love of God. They've never really, really encountered. And he next stood in his generation. And he told that generation. He went against the flow. He went against the culture. He had a conviction that God was real. And God was a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. There's a message for this city. There's a message for this community. There's a message for your family. What I love about Enoch is that he took care of his family first. He made sure his family was serving God. He's like Joshua who came many years after him. I don't care, guys. I don't care what your neighbor does. I don't care what my coworker does. I don't care what my my uncle does. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. And because he served God, listen, because he served God for 800 years, we can't even wrap our brain around that. There was a righteous line. You don't know. You don't know the future beyond your life. You don't know the next generation and the next generation. It's why I'm so passionate. I'm so consumed as a pastor and as a church community that we continually reach out to the next generation. It's our mission. It's our mandate. God's called us. Yeah, we're good. I'm grateful I'm going to heaven. But the sound and the song is no longer about me. I'm in. But I want to take as many people with me as possible. I want as many people. To know the favor of God. To know the love of God. To know the forgiveness of God. Because someday we're going to be translated. Someday the Lord is going to return. And are you ready today? By faith, Enoch believed that God rewarded those who sought him. By faith. He he couldn't see God no more than you can see God. But he believed. He had a conviction going to walk intentionally. He made a decision to stay in close fellowship with God. He made an intention. You did it today, man. You did it Sunday morning in the middle of summer. You made an intentional choice to get in your, to leave your house and to get in your car to come to church and God is pleased. I mean, you made an intention to draw closer to God. That fellowship with God in times of worship. This last week my son just kind of, we are just goofing around singing some old church songs and he started singing this old church song that we used to sing I don't know what happened but man as he was singing I could just feel the presence of God just come right in my home you know why I just—I mean it was real the tangent it was right in my home and I was watching TV and MMA or something I don't know what I was watching but I was watching something and Kenan starts singing this old worship song and Laura starts whistling and I start singing why because God inhabits the praises of his people. God's created you to be a worshiper. We're created to worship Him in spirit and in truth and you get up tomorrow you get a decision uh, and we're going to talk about that decision in the word, how we do that, how we stay in God's word. Heaven and earth will pass away but my word will live live forever. Make a decision to open that Bible even if you don't understand it all and there's a lot of stuff. I've been studying this thing for 33 years. I got more questions today than I did when I first started, guys. A lot of things I don't understand, but I believe every promise in the book is mine. I believe that today. And it's yours today. Close your head. Close your eyes. So what do we do? So what do we do? Well, first of all, (laughs) some of you in this room, you got to make sure that you're walking in faith taken that first step. You've had this, maybe it's an intellectual battle. Some people have this intellectual struggle with whether God is real. I, I've heard just reading, you know, my neighbor just, I'm not sure. I don't know. You know, Maybe some of you that's your struggle, but you sense today. You sense something happen inside of your heart, a pulling, a drawing. God's telling you to just take that step to cross over to believe. Some of you, that's your first step. Some of that's the step you need to take today. Some of you in this room, you're walking with God, and you know that's, you know, you're going, moving towards God, but there's some areas of your life, you've had good intentions, but God's calling you to become more intentional. If you're here today, if you're here today, and you know that you're not walking with God, you know today that you are not walking with the Lord, you know that today. You're not in right fellowship with You're not walking in the path and the plan that he has for you. Right now, there's no one looking, please. There's no one looking. This is between you and God. In this moment, right now, I want to give you that opportunity. And on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on in this room right now. Come on, in this room right now. Anyone? Anyone here today? All right. Come on. I want to take just another moment. You know you're not walking with God today. The second thing right now, you're a believer. You're following Christ. You've had some good intentions, you feel like God is calling you to walk intentionally in a new direction, a new pursuit, a new passion with Him. If that's you in this room right now, on the count of three, come on, raise your hand. One, two, three, come on, raise your hand. All across this room, amen. I want us to stand together, and as a declaration, as a declaration of our desire to walk in close fellowship with God and to receive His favor, Today, we intentionally are going to lift our mouth in worship. We're going to make this declaration in a song. We're going to say, God, we surrender all to you. Come on, let's lift our voice in worship.